so they did this study, and they had these two groups of people. The first group, they asked the group, everyone in the group, to every day, to write down five things they're grateful for. Five things they're grateful for. It doesn't have to be like a big thing. If you had, you, had a, uh, you had a good coffee, you had a chance to catch up with a friend for a few minutes, write down five things you're grateful for. And another group, and this other group, they asked them, don't write things you're grateful for, just write down what's going on in your life. And they did this research for a very long time. The initial results of the research was the people who wrote down five things you're grateful for every day, they became very positive, became very optimistic, they became happier, they were able to sleep better, and they, they were able to interact with people in a deeper way. And as the study went on, they discovered much larger benefits in doing this. They discovered that people who do this every day, they are healthier, they're able to contend with, with life's challenges with more fortitude, and they live longer, live longer. So as we're approaching the new year, all of us, each of us wants the key, the secret key to connect to Hashem in a deeper way, and to bring the blessings down for ourselves and for our people and for, for our families. So what's the secret key? The secret key, as the Rebbe writes in the very last letter, Rebbe wrote to all the Jewish people, that we, the, the theme that we go into New Year with, the theme, if, if you put into color, what is your life supposed to be colored with in this time, these last days and, and hours of the year? You know you're on the right page, right color? If it's gratitude. Gratitude is the theme that we're supposed to be, be, be connecting with. And this is, very, this is very in sync with the Torah portion about the first fruits. The Mishnah says, farmer goes into his field and he sees that a fig has ripened. He ties a, a red string, a gmi, around the, around the fruits. And this is for the first fruits. It's supposed to be given to Hashem. That's what the Torah talks about. That's a mitzvah of giving the first fruits. The question is, why a fig? There are seven kinds of fruit that Israel sprays with. Fig is not number one. There are grapes, there are dates, there are olives, there's wheat, there's barley. There's seven species that Israel sprays with. How come it specifically mentions a fig? Why a fig? There are actually 13 times you have God's name in, this, in the Torah portion of the first fruits. The, uh, the Meshachachma says because there are 13 attributes of mercy that shine in this time of year. And therefore there are 13 mentions of God's name. Okay. But why a fig? What's the meaning of a fig? So the Mervashemesh, he says, amazing thing. He says, when Adam and Eve sinned with the tree of knowledge, what was the fruit that they ate? Everybody knows. It was an apple, right? Actually, there's no opinion it was an apple. There are many opinions in the Talmud. It would be a fig. The one opinion is, is a fig, but it's not just one opinion. Rashi and Tosos put a lot of leverage on that opinion. They, thank you very much. Wow. They, they, that was a fig. And the reason is, why, why, how do they know it was a fig? They know it was a fig because when after the sin of the tree of knowledge, then Adam and Eve suddenly knew that they were naked. They wanted to cover their bodies. What did they use? They used leaves of a fig. All of the trees the Talmud said didn't want to give them their leaves. And since the fig tree agreed to give the leaves, why was the fig tree that agreed to give the leaves? Because the fig tree was a fruit that they ate. So because the sin of the tree of knowledge was with a fig tree, 
Therefore, the mission specifically mentions a fig because the midst of the first fruits is a rectification of the sin of the tree of knowledge. One second. Rectification of something has to be in the same area where the problem was. If the problem was they ate from the tree, they violated God's commandment, okay, it happened to be a fig. But what does it do with the midst of the first fruits? What's the midst of the first fruits have to do with the sin of the tree of knowledge? God said, don't eat from the tree, they ate from the tree. They had three hours, they're supposed to keep this midst, so they didn't keep it. So, so they, they gave in to their desire for this, for this fruit. What does that have to do with, with, with the midst of the first fruits? The midst of giving the first fruits to Hashem in the temple. What does that have to do with this? So it says in the Torah that after Adam ate from the tree, God said to Adam, where are you? And did you eat from the tree? And Adam said, the woman that you gave me, she is the one who, persuaded, who gave me the fruit. A lot of people you know, learn the lesson from Adam, always blaming their wives and their children and their husbands and their parents and their mother-in-law. Mother-in-law is a great target. And everyone has a reason why it was their fault, why it was someone else's fault. We learned it from our, our great-grandfather, Adam. So, so the Talmud says that Adam displayed a lack of gratitude to God. God gave him this huge gift. God gave him this great blessing of a wonderful spouse, a partner in life. And here, Adam displayed his ungratefulness to Hashem. Who taught him? Who, 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 who taught him? Who gave him the Dara Heretz? He's oh. supposed to do this out of nowhere? So, so good question, which is actually the focus of what we're going today. So the Talmud says the real reason that Adam was sent out of, get, out of heaven wasn't connected to the tree only, it was because of lack of gratitude. One second. How, can you, how does it make sense? You look in the Torah, it says he ate from the tree. How does Abel Eliezer say, no, it wasn't a tree, it wasn't. You know what the problem was? The problem was lack of gratitude. What, what's, what's going on over here? The answer is, the Talmud says, a mouse doesn't steal anything. Who steals? The hole. The hole that the mouse can go get into your home, that's the source of the problem. So too, when we experience a mistake going on in our lives, it's not enough just to fix the mistake. You have to know what's causing the mistake. Are you making the mistake because of arrogance, because of pride, because of anger, because of emptiness? What is going on? What's the source of it? Like the Noam Elimelech says regarding idolatry, Torah says you have to uproot idolatry. What does uproot idolatry mean? L'shar shachara. L'shar shachara means don't just stop whatever it is. Go to the root of it. So it's with Adam and Eve. The issue that Adam and Eve had, of course, Adam and Eve were made by God's hands, and whatever we're going to say about them, we don't really understand how great they really are. We can't imagine how great they are. But on their level, whatever it means, they didn't have, Adam didn't have this gratitude for Hashem. Because he didn't have a gratitude for Hashem, that's why he didn't pay attention to God's commandment as much as he should. Imagine, Eve comes to him and says, here's the fruit I just ate, want to have some? What should Adam have said? Adam should have given her strength and told her, no, this is something that God told us. He should have been strong. Why was he so weak? So weak because he was missing, at some level, gratitude to God. And that's why not only did he make the mistake, he also didn't take responsibility for the mistake. It's the same thing. He, he didn't have this feeling of gratitude to Hashem. And therefore, in order to fix the problem, to go, if, if to go to the source of the problem. Yankel was looking for his wallet on the corner of Pico and Robertson. So Schmetel comes over, Yankel, what happened? I lost my wallet. You lost your wallet. Where'd you lose your wallet? I lose my wallet on Olympic. An Olympics, so why are you losing the Because the light's much better over here. Oh. So in a similar way, we can't fix an issue by going somewhere else to go to the source of it. The mitzvah of the first fruits is the antidote to the symmetry of knowledge. The mitzvah of the first fruits is a mitzvah which is totally about the idea of gratitude to Hashem. 
I know a Jew, and Gazunder Maris Weingarten told me a story about, him, about himself. His grandfather was a great Breslov Chassid. He was a top Breslov Chassid. And he took care of his grandfather for some time. And he said that he saw his grandfather wake up in the morning very often. This is how his grandfather wake up in the morning. Unbelievable. I'm telling you exactly how he told me. He wake up in the morning, say made ani, and then he put his feet on the ground. He say, a miracle, a miracle. He would stand up. Another look. I'm standing. Then he would walk. A miracle. I'm walking. And then he start to dance every morning. <laughs> Get up. A miracle. I'm up. A miracle. I, I, I could. I, I, it's a miracle. Unbelievable. A miracle. His last um, Friday in the world, his friends came to visit him. And he said to them, I want to go for one more dance. He couldn't move. He was already in his deathbed. And they came to see him before he passed away. One more dance. He couldn't move. They picked him up. They went for a dance. He passed away in Arab Shabbos after Shkia. Like that, 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 uh, holy tzaddik. Anyways, the point is that Hashem gives us this mitzvah specifically to be the antidote for the symmetry of knowledge. This is a mitzvah about gratitude. How so? Avuna says, the world was created for the mitzvah of the first fruits. That was the whole reason the whole world, reason God made the world. How does he know this? That's in the Torah. Bereshis Baralkim. God made the world, right? For two things which are called first. What are the two things? We know the Torah and the Jewish people. No. Abuna says, I'll tell you what the two things are. Chala, Maestris, and Bikurim. Bikurim, the first fruits. That's the whole reason God made the world. The Talmud says that Moshe Rabbeinu Moses, he saw... The temple is going to be destroyed, and he was worried. He was worried about one thing when he saw the temple is going to be destroyed. There's one thing that upset him. What upset Moshe? And he made did something about it. Moshe was upset when he saw the temple is going to be destroyed. What was he upset about? He said, "What's going to happen with the first fruits?" So therefore, Moses instituted the three prayers we say every day. The Talmud says in other places that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob instituted the prayers. But another opinion of the Talmud is that Moses himself instituted the prayers specifically because he saw the temple would be destroyed and we would no longer be able to do the mitzvah of the, of the first fruits and therefore he instituted these three prayers. Which one? Bikurim. Bikurim. Because according to the mitzvah Bikurim, what's the mitzvah Bikurim? Why is it so different than all their mitzvahs? Well, you have a field. This, Maimonides describes in detail what happens with the mitzvah Bikurim. The way it worked was, you have a, 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 a fruit. And it's become ripe. So what do you do? You find out when they're going to Jerusalem. What's, what does it mean they're going? When the big city near you is going to Jerusalem. If the big city near you is Tel Aviv. Okay, they're going from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So everyone in the whole town leaves. And they go to Tel Aviv on that night. And they sleep in the street. I don't know if they have those trucks that go around like they have in Los Angeles with the soups. But they, everyone sleeps in the street. And then they, with great joy, they wake up in the morning... They let's go, the, the manager of this whole uh, trip says, let's go to the house of God. And they get up and they start dancing and they play music. They play a flute, they play a drum and they go towards Yushalayim. They come to Yushalayim. When they get close to Yushalayim, they send messengers to go out to Yushalayim and tell them, we're on our way, we're almost there. Everyone uh, who, is, who owns a shop in Jerusalem closes the shop and pays attention the guests, about a million people are coming together. You know, think about it. They're, they're, all, all the cities around get together in one city to all travel together to bring their fruits. By this time, by the way, their fruits have already gone a little moldy, right? <laughs> they, they took off the tree, they put it in a basket, they're waiting for the day, and, uh, and now they're traveling. And what happens then? You take the basket, you ride in Shalim, you put the basket on your shoulders, you walk up the Temple Mountain, and then you make this big announcement in front of Hashem. You put the, the basket in front of the koyin, the koyin waves the basket with you, 
and you say it loud and proud, you say a whole long speech. You say, I love and want to kill the Jewish people. And God saved us from Lavan. And then the, and the Pharaoh tried to kill the Jewish people. God saved us from the Pharaoh. And then God took us to Israel and gave us this wonderful land. And he gave a much longer speech to make him a little shorter. And now I want to thank God for the fruit that God has given me. I'm presenting God my first and best fruits. That's the mitzvah. So why is it such a big deal? You're bringing a, fruit, a few figs, which are, now, which are now already rotten figs, almost. And, and why is it such a big thing? The reason why it's such a big thing and why, is because this is the whole reason God made the world. The whole reason God made the world, as we know, is dear Tachtein. Shem wants a home in the lowest realm. What, what does it mean to have a home in the lowest realm? Home in the lowest realm means you're in a place where you don't see Hashem and you feel this is totally Hashem. This is totally coming from Hashem. The Baal Shem Tev, just coming from the 18th of El, the Baal Shem Tev would travel around asking people, how are you, how's your parnasa? how are you doing, just for the sake of people saying thank God. Why? Because Baal Shem Tev said, when people say thank God, it brings blessings of Hashem to them. So we all know the story, how the Baal Shem Tev once came into this synagogue of hermits, people who didn't do anything else but study Torah all day and night, and he walks into the synagogue, Baal Shem Tev used to dress up a commoner, and the Baal Shem Tev asks one of these guys who's studying Torah for 40 years, and never interrupted his Torah study just for his bread and water. He says to him, Hey, how are you? How's your parnasa? How's, you know, what's going on in the stock market kind of thing? That's that, that's that kind of question for him. That's like, what, what are you talking about? Well, well, leave me alone. So Al-Shantav said to him, Why don't you give God his parnasa? If God has parnasa, what are you talking about? Al-Shantav says, says to him, You holy one, you sit upon the praise of the Jewish people. What does that mean? You sit upon the praise of the Jewish people. It doesn't mean you sit down, you lower your stature. So too, when a Jew says, thank you, thank you, Hashem, he says, Baruch Hashem, you cause Hashem's light to come into the world. Specifically for the thing you thank Hashem for. If you thank Hashem for Parnassah, you bring a bracha for your Parnassah. You thank Hashem for your Shalom Bayez, you bring a bracha for your Shalom Bayez. Thank Hashem for your health, the bracha for your health. You cause Hashem's light to descend. Like when you, when you sit down, you lower yourself, you bring Hashem's light down to the world. You cause Him to sit upon your praise. So, so we sit to the Baal Shantav on the Parnassah that God gives us. That's like when you eat, you bring... The, your, your food connects your body to your, your soul to your body. So too, when you thank Hashem, you bring the soul of the world, Hashem's light, to become more connected to the world. You cause God's light to be more visible. You see, you see Hashem's bracha more. The more you thank Hashem, the more you see Hashem's light in your life. After um, 9-11, there were a few companies that um, were, were very affected by 9-11. And they made this event to like, get together and discuss their future companies that, were, that, that had some connection before and they decided to make an event to, to talk about where they were up to. So I think it was the head of the security of the building who was leading the festivities. And he said, before we start this event, I just want to share something. He said, on the day of 9-11, he said, my, uh, my CEO, he, he came late to work. Why come late to work? Because he was online to buy a, a pastry to have with his coffee. And he was waiting, it was a long, long line. And because it was a long line for the pastry, that's, how, that's why he's alive today. He said he has a secretary. His secretary, um, her... What about the guy who left his film outside the... Outside the, the gate, outside right. Outside the gate. Right, right. Okay. Amazing. And say, say this to me, say. 10,000 people were saying. What do you mean? Because there was a, a delay of 20 minutes before, between the first plan and the second plan. That's the 20 minutes that he took for him from, uh, from me to kick him out from the plane. He said, don't come back. 
You and I love you. You're going to go to the gym in the Twin Towers? I'm sorry? You're going to go to the gym in the Twin Towers? No, no. I was going. I usually go to the gym. I work down the block. I work within ground zero. And uh, I saw, I mean, I was there for the day. Wow. I didn't go to the gym that morning. I had something else to do. So oh. I went right to work. What about the Rosh Hodesh story? You, you went to one day. <laughs> There's a group who gets on the bus at 7.15. They all work in the World Trade Center. You must have heard this. No. And, and they, 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 they dog him very quickly. I think it was a And No, it was the 23rd of L. Okay, so anyway, for, for some reason this day, he goes on and on and on, and he extends the dog in a half hour, and everybody's getting furious because they have to get on the bus at 7.15 to get there at 8 o'clock yeah. to walk over. But he goes on and on and on, so they get on the bus late, and they're late, and they're chuckering him, they're really angry, and as they arrive... They discover what happened. No. The first jet hits the, hits the building. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. After a lot of screaming. Why'd you do this? We're all late. Another lady in this company, the security company, she said on the day of 9-11, she was going to her office with the coffee. And it happens often in Manhattan. You're walking down the street and someone like hits you with the elbow. It made her coffee spill on her. She went home to change her clothing. Because she went home to change her clothing, you know, because this, this guy who jabbed her in the, in, in the elbow, that's why she survived. One guy, one, he, he was going to his office, and he, and he, uh, he, bought, he bought a new pair of shoes, and he started having this pain in his foot. He went to a store to get something for his foot, and that's how he, was, he, was, he survived. The company Cantor, the whole company was it's wiped true. out. So the owner, he had to take his, his kid to... So, so we're all saying amazing stories about other people, right? Yeah. But today, Yankel had to get his son ready for school, and his son didn't want to get dressed. You've been there? You know what talking about? And Shmerel was caught in the trap in the 405, and Beryl wanted the minion the 815 and started 815 and started 825. And laser, we're, we're all in this, right? And we're all like, what's going on? How could this be happening to us? So the mitzvah bikurim is a unique mitzvah. The mitzvah bikurim is that you realize what's happening to you, you feel Hashem's warm kindness upon you, and you feel great. That's why the Baal Shem interrupted the guy. Think about it. The guy was studying Torah. There are many ways to bring parnasah to Hashem. But he interrupted the Torah. So he said, stop studying Torah. I want to ask you about your parnasah. What a parnasah. Ask him about his marashah. Ask him... How do you like Rabbi Kiva Eger? The guy will get, he will line up, or I love Rabbi Kiva Eger. No, he's going to say, how do you like your dinner? His dinner, his dinner is bread and water. Why do you ask him about those things? And the guy doesn't say, Baruch Hashem, he daven three times a day. He doesn't bench, he says, Brachas. He says, Brachas before, Brachas after. What do the want to give the guy that he wasn't doing before? He was learning Torah, he was saying Brachas before and after he ate. What was the thing that Hashem wanted to add to him that he didn't have before? Hashem wanted to add, huh? A sense of gratitude. But he was saying Baruch Hashem, he was saying all the Brachas. He didn't know what the Brachas meant? He wanted to be him, be him. 
Not the thing you're supposed to do, not the thing you have to do, but how do you feel as a human being walking around? Do you see it? I mean, we don't really get this because we're so used to it. Like, we know that in order for, for a hand to move, there are millions of, of atoms and nutrients and protons and molecules. And in order for our brains to work, that one idea going on into our minds, or the DNA, you know this stuff. But the, the mitzvah Bikurim is meant to tell us, stop. You know this. You know, you know this, you know. But stop and think about it. Stop and think of, think about it. You know, Hashem could have created the world in a way that He doesn't need to give it life every second. But everyone said, Hashem is always saying one word. Which word is Hashem always saying? L'chayim. Every second, every creature. L'chayim. Every creature, every second, Hashem is saying to you, L'chayim. What's L'chayim mean? To life. I'm giving you life again. L'chayim, L'chayim, L'chayim. To every creature world every second. Why Hashem do that? Why, why, just, just say L'chayim once. And it will all work. I know in Tanya it says it's not possible because the world is made out of nothing. There will perhaps be a constant force. That's just logical. Hashem could have made the world in a way that's not logical. Why do you make the world in a way that he always says L'chaim test every second? You know why? Because Hashem wants us to feel dependent on his kindness. He wants us to always feel that he's always giving to us. This little girl, she had a from neighbor. I know the story is true, but I hope it was. It's a very good story. She has a from neighbor... And her from neighbor was taking her kids to, uh, to buy clothing for Yonte. So she, little girl Sandra, she sees her, 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 her neighbor going to buy clothing for Yonte. They say, Sandra, come with us. The mother says, Sandra, come with us. So the mother buys every kid in, the, in, the, in her family what they need to get for Yonte. And Sandra, they're from a poor family, she says, Sandra, let's get, she got Sandra everything. She got Sandra everything from shoes. Sandra's a, a little nine-year-old girl. She got Sandra the shoes and the dress and, the, and, and, and underwear and pajamas, and everything she could possibly want. And a doll. No, she comes. Sandra gets back in the car up. They go to this shopping spree, and Sandra says to this this lady, "Tell me, are you God? You know, she heard the Gothics care of people in an amazing, miraculous way. I have nothing, so she figured this lady must be God." She says, "No, I'm not God. I'm God's daughter. God's daughter." So the little girl Sandra says, "Ah, I knew you were from his family. I knew you were from his family." <laughs> This is our family. This is our family. Our family is a family of gratitude to Hashem. That's what, that's what we are, we're about. That's what Jewish people are about. And so Hashem tells us this time of the year to think about Hashem's kindness to us as we say in Davening, on the wonders, the kindness, in the morning, the afternoon, and evening, to think about it and to be warmed by it. Hashem shows us at the time, this time of the year, as Rebbe says, the king is in the field and he smiles at us. Rebbe says the words, we should be warmed by the king's luminous face to each of us. That's what we're supposed to feel. And that feeling makes us want to be bikurim. Makes us want to make our words and our thoughts and our actions be the best for Hashem who's giving us so much. That, 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 that's a direction. You could say, I want to fix everything because I'm going to get zapped. That's not, that's not the attitude to, the, to how to approach the coming year. I want to be better because Hashem is constantly giving me kindness and I, want, and I, and I feel kindness. I feel how fortunate I am. And that's what the world is about. And that's what Meish Rabbeinu said. No Bikurim. Let's do something else. Let's do diving three times a day. Diving three times a day is meant to give us the same feeling. This guy who's diving three times a day who the, 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 the had, to, had to intervene in his life, he didn't get it. But the point of us diving three times a day is to get this. That's why Jews are called Yehudim. Why Yehudim? What does Yehuda have a monopoly on the Jewish name? Okay. There's 12 tribes. It's called Ruvenim, Shimonim, Danim, Natalim, in case it sounds a little weird. But why Yehudim specifically? The answer is, says Lusharim, because Yehuda means to thank. When Leah gave birth to Yehuda, Leah knew that there would be 12 children that Yaakov would have, and she knew there four wives, and she figured that every wife is supposed to have at least three children. Maybe she wouldn't have. Maybe she would be the ugly duckling wouldn't have a child. 
And she had not just three children, she had a fourth. She had beyond her measure. So she said with great feeling and great passion, Eida, I now have to thank Hashem. I have to thank Hashem. I got more than my portion. So this time of the year, Hashem tells us to think about how we, each of us has more than our portion. How we have nothing by ourselves. There's nothing that we should take for granted. We have to think about, I'll call Nishima Nishima. Every breath we have, we have to think about it. Some families have this beautiful custom. Custom is they go around the table on Friday night. Some families do it every, every night. They say, what are you especially grateful for? It sounds like the Brady Bunch. It sounds like a little house in the prairie, but it's a really good thing. It will make your family feel good and make them walk around with happiness. They'll think, they'll be conscious of what am I grateful for? Some, in some school, in some of the, the, the uh, grades, the teachers tell the kids have a gratitude book. And we think, oh, it's a nice thing for kids to do that. It's, it's, it's a great thing for adults to do. And not just for God, also people in our lives. Someone is kind to you, some the, so it may not be so comfortable to go out of your way and to say thank you. And maybe it's like, you know, you're busy, you're doing a lot of other things. But it's, that's why Hashem gave us this mitzvah. Not just have gratitude to God, to have gratitude to God first of all, but have gratitude to each other. And that's that's what that, this is the energy. This is the approach we have to have this coming year to bring add to Hashem's blessings for all good for each of us and all of us is an attitude of gratitude. That's the gemi. They said they tied it with a cord. What's the cord? Give me, give me, give me the cord, they tied the figs, they, 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 they walked around with those fruits, and they fell, pssst, text me, I'll send it to you.